Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up real well. You get it. It's time for Beyond Okra with David the Hound Leggett. Leggett. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Ultra. I am your host, David the Hound Liggett. I am broadcasting from sunny Pennsylvania here on the East Coast of the United States. Today is Thursday, March 9th, 2017 at 1.30 p.m. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, my show is brought to you by P4P Muscle and P4P Studios, the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. So if you are an athlete that is looking for a solid foundation or just looking for a clean, drug-free base supplement, check out P4P Muscle at P4PMuscle.com. What does that mean? That means when you go to a race or you go to a competition or you do something that is WADA, banned substance tested, you will not test positive for banned substances as everything is all natural, all clean. And that is the way we like it here at P4P. It is the way I like it when I run and race. I want to be all natural, nothing enhanced, nothing performance enhanced. So, if you want to check out some awesome flavors, awesome things, um, Kalen Patterson on the other show is going to tell you he really loves Snickerdoodle Cookie Way. I have a five-pound bucket of that downstairs. I myself love that. I also have a five-pound bucket of Cake Batter Way, also a fantastic flavor. Um, Fruit Punch brand chain aminos, love them. P4P Alter Ego, love that. Um, P4P Alter Ego 2.0 is also great stuff. Everything's great. Check it out. Use my code HOUND for 15% off at checkout, and you will not Go check out samples if you're unsure if you actually want to use the stuff. Kalen, that was a plug for you, buddy. Hopefully you're listening. Uh, we'll get back on your show in a little bit here. You, Kalen, Desiree, and Melinda. CR. Uh, specific episode. They're trying to get all of the hosts together. Um, I'm having some scheduling conflicts, so they may proceed without me, which is okay. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, we're a big family here, and they have me on from time to time. You can check out the last episode that I did with uh, Desiree and Kaylin on their Fit Talk. I'm sorry, uh, that's Melinda's uh, show. Real Talk with Daywin and Kesaray, uh, Desiree. Woo, gosh. You guys are killing me today. Sorry. Kalen and Desiree. And you can check out the show that I did with them. They uh, hit me up on advice for running clothing, shoes, uh, nutrition, and what it's like to run race day. All right. Let's break into it. So my guest today, uh, Jacob uh, Futzi, he is a phenomenal ultramarathoner. He's a great runner. Uh, really nice dude. Um, has a couple of decent records and one amazing record for running on a treadmill. It's a 50-mile run on a treadmill. Um, he did it at a convention, uh, a running convention at the Ultra Booth, uh, which he is sponsored by. We'll get into that. Uh, he's also a coach and basically just an all-around great guy, like I said. So we're going to get right in and talk to him. Uh, let's bring him on here and we'll see, see how he's doing. Uh, Jacob, good afternoon. How are you? Doing well, David. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. So I don't know if you heard the intro. Um, I don't want to give too much away because I, I like having the guests, uh, you know, just, just explain who they are. So if you, if the floor is yours, if you want to introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, I'm Jacob Pusey. I feel like I live a dream life. Sometimes I, I feel like I have to pinch myself. Um, I'm married to a beautiful woman named Amy, and we have five children. And we both work from home. Um, we have a, a little baby that you might hear in the background here. And uh, she's a national race director for a, a race series throughout Canada called Five Peaks. And um, she does a really good job with that. And uh, we do a lot of our running together. And we've got a dog, so he gets us out the door sometimes. And we're often pushing strollers. And I, I coach some people uh, online through a company called Peak Run Performance. And yeah, I run. And every once in a while, I pin a bib number on and go see what I can do and get together with other racers and runners. So. I, I think I think the ultimate question is, and a lot of people ask me the same thing. How, how or why did you choose uh, ultra marathoning? Like, you know, there's 5Ks out there and, you know, shorter distances, but, but why ultra marathoning? Was there a certain aspect that drew you to that, to that kind of race series? Uh, it probably sounds cliche, but I feel like ultra marathoning kind of chose me um, in that I, it wasn't that long ago that I couldn't even run 5K as long as I was somehow able to, at the same pace that I was able to sustain on treadmill. Um, and <laughs> it, that's kind of always been the case. Like I, I'm not a <laughs> five speed, uh, or six speed race car. I'm, I'm about a four speed. I'm a, I'm a four cylinder Honda Civic kind of thing. Um, so I'm just economical, but I'm not very fast. And so I can just grind for a long time. And so ultra running just kind of was the natural, thing to do uh, because I like I said uh, my 5k PR is basically my 10k PR times two and my 10k PR is my half marathon PR times two or whatever the other way around my half marathon PR is two 10ks marathon PR is two half marathons <laughs> so it's just kind of like I can't get any faster but I don't slow down much either the further the distance so it just kind of happened organically I guess I like that. I like that. And that's a good analogy. Um, I, for those, for those that listen, others, uh, you know, I, I have an eclectic uh, mix of distance runners and, you know, a lot of ultra runners uh, probably, probably like nodding and laughing and agreeing along that. Yeah. It's, it's all about efficiency. And I, I kind of feel the same way. And uh, I taught, I, I mentioned before the show that I, I talked to Mike Wardian a little bit ago and he's a, he's a, a big treadmill fan as well. And I'm kind of with you. Like I, I run a 5k pace, a 10k pace, and just, I don't speed up. Like it's, it's always <laughs> the same. So yeah, that's, that is a perfect way to put it, that it found you and you know, uh, you, you found a good sport. So, um, you know, I like it. I like it too. I like trail running. I don't know how you feel about this. Um, there's less chance to get hit by cars. <laughs> so that's another way. That's another reason I lean that way. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's definitely true. Um, I I didn't used to think much about it growing up as a kid, and even though cross country practice, we did a lot of our training on the roads and um, just through town and through stop lights and things. And but then I was a cross country coach myself, and we were wearing uh, reflective vests one morning, and a girl on our team got hit in a crosswalk when the light was green, you know, um, and. Um, Basically, ever since then, <laughs> I've 
I, the team was more or less forced to to run on campus and not leave. And uh, at that point, I, I kind of made a shift myself where it's like, eh, I don't really like r- roads or cars as much <laughs> unless they're shut down for a race kind of thing. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm definitely with you. So um, I want to dive into this. If you guys, uh, I, I recognize some spelling errors in my setup for this show, and I, I apologize, Jacob. Jacob has a blog. It's www.jacobputzi.com. Um, I just realized I, I horribly butchered that. and checking on this so sometimes when i type i get a little ahead of myself i put joe bo putzi and i apologize i'm going to correct that as soon as i go but if you guys check out his uh his blog and his his website uh you'll you'll know some interesting things and the the first thing that comes up on the website is something called the trans rockies run six so i'm just breaking right i'm just going to break right into the big guns jake here if you don't mind but uh trans rockies explain to to everybody what the trans rockies is and why this event is a, is a big thing for you so the trans rockies run is a six-day stage race in the colorado rockies and um so it's it's 120 miles over six days and so it, it's something that you can do with a partner uh teams of two compete against other teams of two and then you can also run it solo. And then there's also a three-day solo event as well. And so um, it's been around for 10 years or so. Uh, it started as a, as a bike series, same setup, um, longer <laughs> courses, obviously. But um, And my brother and I have always shared running. Uh, there's a two-year difference between us in three grades. But um, he was right there beside me when I started training and running competitively uh, in middle school and and has always been there and so we've always thought it would be a lot of fun to to run trans rockies together and in 2015 we were finally able to align our our school and work and family schedules um, to to make it happen so we we ran that race together in the summer of 2015. Fantastic. Yeah, it uh, it looks amazing. Like you guys got to go on and check out his website. It's amazing the photos that you guys have. I like some of the ones like uh, showing Tommy sending his text right before a start stage one, knowing that you guys are going to be pretty much out of stealth, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the fact that you guys use the natural the natural layout um, to take like ice baths because of the water being so cold. You know, basically just to naturally recover your body with that and. I thought that was kind of neat. Some of the some of the things you posted on this race, um, yeah. And 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 like you said, uh, you you actually tried to run this solo at one point, and it's just by by reading your descriptions, you write very fluidly. That like it's so easy to follow. That by reading your descriptions, it just sounded like kind of like a nightmare at one point running solo. Yeah, it was. Um, I had always said that I would never even attempt to run the race unless. I, I lived at altitude and was able to train at altitude. And so um, kind of on a whim, right before the 2014 race, um, I was offered an entry of someone that was injured and, and they asked a couple different people. They were hoping that someone could win their entry back because that's, that's the prize is if you win the race, you get an entry back. Oh. And it's a, it's a fairly spendy um price tag uh, because you know it's all included you know it's all your meals uh your tents your 
and that's transported. So it's a fairly hefty price tag. And so someone had, had paid and, and asked me if I could <laughs> try and win their entry back. Um, but I had also just recently moved to from from sea level in Oregon to Flagstaff, Arizona. And I was living and training there. And so it was like, huh, okay. Yeah. If I can, if I can train enough for a couple of months at altitude, I, it's worth making the, the trek to Colorado and, and not feeling like I, I'm, I'm starting, you know, at a disadvantage against others from altitude. And so um, I tried, but, uh, and I had a few niggles going into it, uh, but I felt like it was going to be okay. And then um, kind of right before the race started, I actually went and saw a chiropractor and asked him to just help align things. And somehow through that process, things got exacerbated and uh, I'd never had sciatica before, but I, I had chiropractor induced sciatica, I guess. And, uh, and I couldn't get through day one without like I, I couldn't engage my glutes or my hamstrings or, or anything. And so uh, that's not to say that chiropractors aren't, aren't great. And that's why I initially went, but for some reason it didn't work for me that time. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it took me almost three months to even be able to walk without pain. Um, so it wasn't the race itself that, that did it to me. It was just kind of maybe trying to ramp up too quick to, to be ready for it. And so I, I didn't get through. It's one of my few DNFs uh, to my name, but I uh, I started it and couldn't. I, I finished stage one and I was still kind of in the running, but it was it wasn't worth. I couldn't even get out of my sleeping bag the next day. My I basically had to drag one of my legs because um, my glute wasn't firing, and so my hip flexor was shot by the next day. And so I was like, eh, not worth it. So, yeah, and you're talking, and you're talking stage one. I'm reading, I'm reading here. It's stage one is 21 miles with 2,600 feet of elevation gain. So I mean, that's pretty impressive to run even with a, you know, with a bad back. I, that's that's amazing in itself. Like mo, you know, most people go, oh, 21 miles. You know, stage one, you made it to stage one. But that's, I mean, we're talking 21 <laughs> miles of stage one. So yeah. it's not like so you went it, out it was, a mile, but like meh. You know what I mean? Yeah, stage <laughs> one. It, it was miserable. It was, um, and, and that's awful to say, cause it was a, it was a, it's an incredible event. And so that's part of right. why I wanted to go back was I wanted to be healthy and I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, make up for that lost time and that lost experience. I wanted to have the full experience. Yeah. And, and, and I, I like, I like how you put it, you know, it's an experience and, it, and it's great. And we talked, we talked uh, for a minute or so um, off show about, you know, this, this being a great community of runners and, uh, you know, if you guys haven't experienced an ultra marathon, we all, when you go out on the course, we're all running the same thing and we all understand that there's going to be points where the mind becomes the, the real game and just trying to convince yourself to keep going when you hurt. And when you run into other runners of the like-minded, I mean, they're so nice. Probably, probably the nicest people I've ever met you know, our, our ultra marathoners and we're from all different walks of life and we all do different things when we're not on the course, but we're on the course. I think we're each other's fans, so to speak. Like we talked about, uh, placement isn't as important, you know, to, to us as it is, you know, seeing the people and being out with the community and just going out to run. So I, I think it's awesome what you described this race with, uh, you know, got, trying to catch up to Rob Carr and, and things like that in 2015. And, uh, Rob's partner dropped out, correct? Uh, no, actually, Rob did. 
uh, oh, wow. it, was, it was quite unfortunate. Um, so we, Rob and his partner won stage one, right. and then stage two goes up and over Hope Pass, which is the, the steep pass in the Leadville 100. And we were blown away, but we we were going back and forth with with Rob and his partner Mike on stage two, even before we got to the climb. I mean, we were throwing down like five minute miles or sub five minute miles on the on the fire roads before we got there and um, at ten thousand feet. So it didn't feel very good. It wasn't very fun. But we eventually got up and over the pass, and um, with not too much to go, my brother and I you know, caught them again and passed them and, um, and we won stage two. And so we were kind of neck and neck going into stage three. And then unfortunately the same thing that I experienced in 2014, Rob was experiencing and, and he tried to start stage three, which starts in Leadville and about 10 K in, he, he pulled up and, um, said, you know, I, it's not worth it. I, he had, I think it was UTMB that he was going to do. A little bit after that, and and Trans Rockies was more of a um, a training week for him, and um, and it's also a special place for him. It's where he met his wife Christina and stuff. So it's a it's a really cool community once you're kind of part of it, <laughs> uh, or once you experience it, it's like you want to go back every year. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, Rob wasn't able to finish uh, mostly because he was being cautious. You know, he just said it's not worth uh, burying himself. He'd actually hurt himself kind of doing the same thing before kind of ran himself into the ground. And it took him a couple of years to recover. So he didn't want to go to that place again. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was actually really hard to see because we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to run with Rob. Uh, my brother and I were both living at Flagstaff, in Flagstaff at the time. So we trained with him some and we're friends, um, but you know, who doesn't want to, throw down with the best ultra runner in the world, you know, and kind of see where they uh, match up with them. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare race Rob in the Canyon or her at a hundred miler, but um, my brother and I kind of felt like the way that it was broken up with the, the stages where they're, you know, approximately 20 miles a day. Um, you know, Rob's got better speed than us, but we felt like we maybe had a little more durability uh, in terms of just like, like I said, we can grind every single day and, um, I, I think we're just thicker. So we just figured out oh, we won't break down as quick. And so we were hoping that, um, it would, it would be a, a race to the, to the finish, but it didn't end up happening that, that week. Um, so what I, what, and what I took out of that was, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's upsetting. Like you said, you don't want to see any, any, any runner or friend or fellow athlete, you know, go down in a race or, or pull themselves out. You know, that's, that weighs heavy on everybody's mind. And what I took out of it as well, though, is that even though Mike Smith could have withdrawn, he stuck around to help out the other fellow runners in the race and just encourage and, you know, gave you some encouragement on stage five. And that's, that brings me back to the whole, you know, community of ultra runners being what they are, you know, they're just not in it for the, for the, the glory and the glam and, you know, the podium spots they are in it to, you know, see the other runners succeed. And I think guys, that's what makes uh, Jacob uh, special as well, because like I said, he goes out and he coaches and stuff. And, and I think that's amazing that, that Mike Smith stayed out on the course, even though like you write, he could have just, you know, packed up and left after Rob dropped out, but mm -hmm. he didn't. And I, I think that's what, that's what makes this story pretty special too, is that, you know, you guys, you guys really helped each other out throughout, throughout these races. 
Yeah, we really did. Uh, we formed a bond um, with with Mike. Mike Mike had lived in Flagstaff, and then he was coaching in Georgetown, and he's actually since returned. He's now the the head cross country and track coach at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, and and is kind of a founding member of that community. He he helped found team run Flagstaff, and and so he's a big part of why Flagstaff is what it is. And so, you know, my brother and I, we're just kind of wannabes, you know, we were starstruck by both these guys. And so the fact that we got to even, you know, run next to him for a bit and hang out with him for a week was, was kind of like, <laughs> you know, being groupies at a, at a rock concert or something like that. Oh, yeah. and, and there were plenty of other <laughs> studs there. Um, you know, Adam Goucher was there with Tim Catalano and, you know, I used to have pictures of Adam Goucher on my wall as a kid. Like he was, yeah. He was the quintessential badass of American distance running when I was in high school and running with the Buffaloes. And it, that was what you wanted to be if you were a distance runner um, <laughs> in the nineties. And, and so running against one of my childhood heroes and, and hanging out with him and, and, you know, there's some phenomenal women runners there as well. Um, in fact, my, my wife was there and she won the, the, um, the three day race, uh, oh. the solo. And yeah, so, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a, an incredible week all around. And so, um, it <laughs> so incredible. In fact, that, that my wife and I actually partnered with trans Rockies and, and we're, we've launched a, a trans Rockies Canada, um, oh. for this summer. Uh, it's called trans Selkirk's run because it's going to be in the Selkirk's mountains. But, but yeah, it, that race has had such a profound impact on, <laughs> on us individually and, and many of our closest friends and, associates or we've met there and so we we loved it so much that we wanted to <laughs> to ex- expand it to, to another wild place yeah. that's awesome uh yeah, yeah. I, can, I can i agree it's hard to geek out like i mean you you and your brother are phenomenal runners i mean i know you say you guys are fans of you know rob Carr, and mike smith and you know those guys but you know behind you there's fans of you guys uh you know me myself i i look at the most most people will probably know they're going to know now that we we both are uh, Swift Swiftwick runners as well, and I'm honored that when I when I punch onto the Swiftwick website, there's my photo along with you know with you and Max King and and those guys and and I think you know yeah. for me like being at my level and being my local level you know I, I I look up to you guys as well you know I mean that's why I'm honored to have you on my show you know <laughs> same thing try not to geek out over Thank the you. fact that. You know, there's there's someone else that's that's you know so quick and so inspirational, uh, in, in influential and inspirational out there. You know, so like I said, you know, when you yeah. you feel that way about you know Rob Carr, I feel that same way about Rob Carr. Don't worry, you know what I mean. But yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I'm also a fan of, of, yeah. of you, you you as well. So you know what I mean. That's that's yeah. where we're at. So it's hard not to geek yeah. out at times because you know we could probably talk for sure. hours about ultra running and you know all this <laughs> stuff. I, I feel yeah. the same way. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, I uh, people probably get sick of me telling that story, but in 2014, I, I met up with Dean Carnassus in the middle of the New York City Marathon, and I could only hold like six miles with him. He was running sub six splits, and this was before I could even. This is my like my second marathon ever, and you know, wow. we, we got to talk for about six or seven miles. And after a while, I said, "Hey, Dean, I'm not gonna be able to stay with you." He's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, don't pace with me. Go ahead." And he thought I could run faster. He's like, "Go ahead and run." <laughs> He's like, I just ran a hundred. If, if you his new book out, the Road to Sparta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was uh, 
he just got back from, I think it was like four days later from Greece, from that race, from the 153 mile race. And he said, I just ran 153 miles last weekend. So, you know, my legs are, are not at full strength. And I'm like, you're running a sub six. <laughs> what do you mean you're not at full strength? You know, so it, cool. I was the same way. Not to geek out running, running and talking with Dean Carnassus, a guy whose books I've read, you know, a hundred times over, you know, it was, it was pretty amazing. So like I said, you know, there's, where there's where there's one person that geeks out over somebody else, there's another one that you know you know what I mean. Like I said, you're, you're definitely an inspiration. Reading all your stuff, you, de- you guys are definitely you and your brother are definitely an inspiration for me to you know want to keep pushing. Thanks, that means a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I mentioned the the 50 mile world record on a treadmill. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, who says, I think I'm going to go run 50 miles on a treadmill. I mean, I, I, I kind of like lose interest at 15, 50 miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, honestly, it was, I, don't, I can't remember exactly how it started, but um, I, I'd spoken with a couple of friends, uh, you know, when, when Mike set the world record on the, for 50 K um, yeah. on the treadmill that caught some attention and, and it was fun to see. And then, and then you start doing the math and you're like, huh, I wonder if I could do that. And, you know, so I had chatted with a couple different people um, just on the run and it kind of came up and a few people talked about trying to go for Mike's record. And so um, my friend Mario Mendoza um, mentioned maybe wanting to do it. Um, and uh, Callum Neff, um, also mentioned kind of wanting to go for it. And so um, we had talked about, you know, trying to find a venue to do it. And a cool thing to do would be to have treadmills next to each other. And kind of like they have at the outdoor retailer um, where they, they'd have the uphill challenge, but we felt like the outdoor retailer would, wouldn't be conducive to running a record because it would be at altitude. And so it's like, okay, what's a venue that we could do. And then saw that the, the running event is generally at or close to sea level and, and it's a good time of year. And it's like, Hey, why don't we all get together and, and do this? And so uh, I pitched the idea to, to Ultra and to the, the parent company of Ultra, um, to Icon, which owns Nordic Track and Proform treadmills. And um, I just kind of said, hey, is, is this something you'd be interested in doing? Um, kind of, because they had hosted the Uphill Challenge before at the OR. And like, you know, it might, might be something we could do. And then they've also got some shoes that do a lot of, analytics um with gait analysis and things and and so i figured you know it might be a way of displaying the shoes on a on a plate um and that could be analyzed as well and so really showcase what what ultra is working on and and the innovations they have so i pitched the idea to them and and it looked like we were we were going to face off and uh, mike and i are teammates as well mike Ordy and i uh, both uh, run for nathan and so uh, the thought was, you know, invite him and, you know, anyone else that was interested. So it wouldn't just be an exclusive ultra thing, but anyone that wanted. And then we got the go ahead from the running event. Um, but then Cal wasn't able to, and Mario wasn't able to, and, um, Mike was busy doing the marathons. Um, and I think he was doing the, uh, what was it? The, the world majors and then he was also doing the seven continents yeah. thing and so i didn't even bother asking him i know he would have shown up he's game for anything you know but like yeah if it's just going to be me and him and i i think honestly i think he had been in berlin like get before so like 
that's not even fair, you know, that's, uh, to, to say, hey, you want to throw down on tired legs. And so um, it looked like it was just going to be me. And so um, I'll be honest, I I didn't get that news until a couple weeks before. <laughs> um, you know, the Callum wasn't going to be able to make it. Um, his mother-in-law was on her deathbed and he was trying to take care of his little girls while his, while his wife was um, dealing with that. And and so, yeah, it, it was just me. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, just me on the treadmill. Uh, 50K, that's a pretty stout record. <laughs> and so I cherry-picked. I looked at other records and I was like, okay, the 100K one looks doable. And the six-hour one, I think I could probably do that. And and, and honestly, probably my favorite distance uh, is 50 miles. And so I hadn't really even looked at them, but I like... I'm pretty sure that I could run that pace for that time. And it, it was right around the six hour mark. And um, I had run a, a 50 miler. I, the, the Mount Hood 50 is just kind of a double out and back on the Pacific Crest Trail. And so, you know, it's trail and there's maybe like 5,000 feet of gain, but it's, it's pretty, as I like to say, it's a, it's in the Pacific Northwest. So it's kind of like a, <laughs> a well-groomed, um, well cushioned trail and and so it's not it wasn't super technical and so I could I could run and I think I'd run six fifteen or six twelve or something and like six oh nine on trail once and so I was like you know that's not too far off from the treadmill record and if you take out the elevation and you take out the rocks and stuff maybe I could dip under six and so that's that's really kind of how that decision was made um, and so I just hopped on the treadmill and tried to run my favorite distance in as fast or faster than anyone had ever done it. So, yeah. Did I lose you? Dave? Hello? Hello, David. Oh Hello? my goodness, Are you there, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> off my own show. That's kind of rude. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know where you lost me. I think it dumped us both. But I, I was just touching on um, where we had. Jeez. Uh, well, I was talking about uh, Mike Wardian's record and when he ran the 50K and then thought he had he had beat the record and had to rerun it again within like a two-hour gap. And then you guys yeah. decided on this 50-mile. How, how the 50-mile distance? How did the, how did the 50-mile distance come up? Um, yeah, so it was it was it was more because I I realized that I I wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be a competition like I like I we had kind of initially planned on uh, there the north face 50 mile was like the same weekend and there were a couple other events uh life events and, and running events that they kind of <laughs> conflicted and so it looked like it was just going to be me against me and the treadmill and so um i didn't know if i'd be able to do the the 50k by myself um like mike did and um 
and and at the same time i the, the 50 mile um has been one of my favorite distances um uh, mm-hmm. on on runnable trails so the mount hood 50 is right. probably my favorite race um trail race that i've run it's a 50 miler and, and it, it went really well for me because it's you know pretty runnable and um kind of suited my my strengths as just kind of being able to walk in and go and so my times on that trail on the pacific crest trail were comparable to or pretty close to what the record was on the treadmill and so i figured take out the rocks take out the roots take out the elevation maybe i could <laughs> run a little bit faster yeah that's awesome. yeah so i'm looking at, i'm looking at the time if you if, if if you guys run on a treadmill um you'll know that the the, the treadmill is a whole different entity. I almost want to say a whole different entity because, you know, I mean, it's unique. It's unique. It's definitely unique. And I, a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I can't run a consistent speed or whatever. You ran, now get this, guys, 50-mile world record. He's now beat this by about an hour. Legitimate, I, I'm going to call it an hour because you're just talking a couple seconds off. Jacob ran this 50-mile in four hours, 57 minutes, and 45 seconds. I mean, that's that's just mind-blowing to me the original record was what five hours 57 minutes and 30 seconds so 15 seconds off the off of an hour a full hour so i'm calling an hour jake i don't care what people say it's an hour that's (laughs) amazing amazing. um and then you're talking about 556 per for pace and then a 238 26.2 split so two hour 38 marathon time and then you legitimately held that same pace for 50 miles that's that's impressive. That's absolutely impressive. Thank you. And yeah, they have stipulations um, on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no you're good. I was just going to say they it. had some stipulations on, on how you had to have the treadmill and stuff. Is that correct? So you had to have certain elevation and you can only be on and off at, uh, at certain times, correct? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a running clock. And so... And you had to have at least two official timekeepers taking both your mile splits and and your overall time. Um, and the elevation couldn't go below zero. And and so I I did have to take one one bathroom break, and that all counted within the the total time, as it would in any other race, you know, a marathon or a an ultra or something like that. Um, and, and yeah, so, so even the timekeepers had to switch out on shifts, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I just kept going and, but it was nice to, to really not have to think about anything to just lock in and, and go. And, um, my liquids were there for me. My, my fuel was there for me. I honestly didn't, I, I, I actually had quite a few distractions that were positive distractions, you know, it was at the running event. So there are thousands of people there and, like you've mentioned, it is a tight knit community. And so it's kind of like one big family reunion. I got to, I got to see plenty of people that I w- would have wanted to see at a race, but that, you know, I've only met one at a time at individual races and a lot of them were there. And uh, a lot of people stopped by to wish me well and, and chat for a few minutes. And, and so that it kind of kept me, kept me going and, and it was nice to reconnect and, because even if it had been a race, it probably would have only been in, in a, a small pack of people running or maybe seen a few people at the finish line. But, but the cool part was I got to visit with people for five hours <laughs> and then yeah. some more afterwards. So that was cool. That is, 
That's pretty nice. That that's that's the best thing having distractions because I mean, like I talked to I talked to Mike the other day and you know Mike Mike said he couldn't he couldn't remember what he was more excited about the day his treadmill arrived or the day his kid arrived and we laugh and we talk about you know needing distractions on treadmills like I run in the basement and I put on uh, I this is where I legitimately watch seasons and series of t- of TV shows on like Hulu and YouTube and things where I just watch <laughs> two or three hours, sit down on the treadmill and run. You know, and he watches uh, documentaries, and I, I tuned him into the Terrawera, um, that he's on it a lot. So I think he's been probably been watching the Terrawera on uh, on his treadmill. But <laughs> I think it's great you had, like you said, you had five hours of distractions for you to, you know, basically just take your mind off the fact that you're running on this treadmill for, for that long. But very impressive, very good stuff. So, you know, congratulations on the record. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let's, let's talk nutrition. I think ultra runners during races – um, at times are probably some of the some of the non healthy uh people, but <laughs> I apply it with hey, if I'm gonna run for six, seven hours, I think I can put whatever I want in my body because I'm gonna burn it out. And I laugh because I had uh I don't know if you know Fred Joslin. I had Fred Joslin on the show a couple weeks ago. He's actually local to me. And uh he talked about fueling up with soda at aid stations on uh on ultra marathons. I do the same thing. I thought I was an oddball. Like I'll go there and I carry all all of my healthy nutrition, so to speak with me. But when I get to an aid station, it's soda and chips and gummy bears. And you know, the one, Mm -hmm. the one uh, ultra marathon I run here in, uh, in the Reading PA area is uh, blues cruise and they have uh, sliders, uh, hamburger sliders and French toast at some of the stations. And, you know, I mean, I'm glad to see that when I read when I when I read what you fuel with sometimes you, you use chips and soda. So how does that go for you? Uh, I, I love it. I um I I that's not all I eat. Um so oh, I do right, try right, and have let's say aid station aid station food. Let's not talk about actual we'll talk about actual nutrition during the run, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so my philosophy is if you're craving it, eat it. And um and so, no, I, I almost never drink cola or soda in my daily diet. But um, if I'm if I'm craving it, and especially late in the race, I'll, I'll definitely grab some some Coke or Pepsi. Um, I I'll have ginger ale at aid stations in between. I I don't I didn't really grow up with much caffeine in my diet, and so I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. And so if I start taking caffeinated gels or or even cola. Uh, too early on, it, I find that I cramp, it dehydrates me. And so I, I love it, but I've, I've learned <laughs> to use it, uh, to time it wisely. And so I usually try and wait till the last hour or two to, to start incorporating it into my fueling. Um, but other than that, I, I usually use a, a pretty concentrated, um, liquid, uh, EFS, um, electrolyte drink, and then, um, the EFS um, shots, uh, which are gels, but in a in a flask, and they've they've both got a lot of electrolytes and and calories, and so I do my best to try and get as dense a <laughs> calories in as I can. Um, but I I typically do that through through liquid, and then yeah, I I can't think of a better tasting food than potato chips when I run. I mean, they're perfect. <laughs> they're really salty and that's what you need. And they've got starch. And so they've, they've got a little more sustenance than, than just this, the sugars that you're eating. And yeah. so, yeah. 
yeah, when when I race, I like to try and keep it simple. And so it's like, why, why make your body do all the work? Um, so simple sugar, simple starches, simple salts, and you're good. So I agree. I agree. And it's good, good source of energy. Um, for those of you that are looking for a, a, a big kick in a, in a, in a decent sized race, good source of energy. Cause it's what your body wants to burn. So you're just putting in, you're put, you're basically just adding fuel like you would if you were driving the, the 50 miles went into your car. You're just putting fuel in there that you can use for the race. So I like it. I agree with you too because it's simple and it doesn't stick around with you after the race. I mean, I've already done it where I've like overhydrated and I get done with a race and I have like water. I call it water belly. It's basically bloat, but you know I'll be walking yeah. around just hearing it sloshing in my stomach and I'll look I'll look just like I was ready to give birth or something, you know. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Simple. I I almost never drink water <laughs> during a race unless like yeah. I I'm craving water if that makes sense. So so I usually yeah. have a pretty concentrated electrolyte drink and um and then yeah at an aid station if I'm if I'm feeling or like I need to dilute it or something I will but if I don't whether it's a road marathon or or an ultra like unless I'm actually craving water I I don't have it now during my regular diet I it's mostly water and and herbal teas throughout the day, but I, um, or carbonated water. Sometimes I like that because it settles my stomach, um, after a run or something. But, um, yeah, I, I don't usually crave water when I'm racing, except to pour it on my head or down my back or something like that. So. And EFS is actually uh, first endurance for those of you that, are, that yeah. are wondering, it's a first endurance brand. And they actually, I was, I was researching first endurance, obviously, because, you know, when I do shows, I, and I have guests on, I, I you know, I, I, I research and, and, and do my studies and first endurance actually does have the highest concentrate of sodium and electrolytes out of any drink out there for a race of that nature. I think it was 300 milligrams of sodium for their eight ounces and the yeah. electrolyte, they use the, uh, what was it? It was free. Oh, I can't think of it. I can't think of it, Jake. They, they use a free form of uh, amino acids, so mm-hmm. it's a higher concentrated uh, dose of aminos that that punch into your body. And there's some be- been debate about branch chain aminos and the free form amino acids as to you know which is better, which isn't. I actually take branch chain aminos on my during my races, which uh, the P for P, which is also the simplified mm-hmm. ingredients. But I, okay. I just started looking. at free form, free form brand, uh, versions of them. And that's what uh, first endurance carries in them. So I know there's some mm-hmm. debate and it, and I think you'll agree. It's really all in what, what works for the individual runner. But, you know, uh, if you guys want to check out first endurance, it obviously it's working for Jake and, you know, a lot of other athletes out there. So you can check them out as well. But yeah. How, how does the, how does the flavor compare to like, you, they have like lemon water. Does it, you know, does it taste like lemonade? Is it, you know, dulled down? Yeah, so so their lemon water they they have some um, CFS Pro and so it's it's meant to taste more diluted so so less sweet and it still has the the calories and the and the electrolytes but they do have some that um, aren't as sweet. I like sweet so I actually typically just use their um, the, the regular EFS um, powder and and so there's there's grape and fruit punch and lemon lime and um i think those are the ones that i typically use um and to be honest i there are a lot of races where it's not efficient to carry everything that you're going to need and so i'll i try to use what's on course i i mean i try and bring what i'm going to need but it, i also 
try to depend on what's on course if I can, unless there's something that I know I've had a, a bad experience with, or, you know, like where I, <laughs> I know it's not going to give me enough calories or it's not going to give me enough electrolytes. Then I, right. then I make sure I bring extra salts or, or you, you they do sell the individual packets of the EFS. And so sometimes if it's going to be a longer race without crew access where I'm going to be able to get my own stuff uh, or drop bags and things, I, I will bring a, a pack or two, but you know, in a road marathon, you're going to, you're going to carry what you can, but mostly if you're going to try and run fast, you're going to also um, drink whatever it is on course and do it, do your best to get the other stuff in. So one thing I do like about the, the EFS liquid shot is that, you know, it's 400 calories in a, in a little flask. And so you can carry one of those in your hand um, or one in each hand and, and that'll get you through quite a ways. Or, or if you're running, you know, a trail race or something, you can put, um, put them in the pocket um, in a pack or um, in the, on the treadmill, the beauty of that was that, you know, and I, there was a lot of hype about the chips and the soda and stuff like that. But, but to be honest, um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't start drinking the soda until the last couple hours. And so I, I did a, I kept it pretty steady uh, with the, with the FS, the liquid shot. I went through, I think two or three flasks of that um, in the first couple hours. And then, yeah, your stomach always turns <laughs> if you're pushing, you know. So that's where the chips came in. And it's like, yeah, I just want to throw some real food in something where I can actually taste the salt. And um, and then this, the soda also helps with that as well. Soda helps me settle my stomach. And that's part of why I crave the carbonation. So. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. Um, I've, I've run races a couple times where actually the last, uh, I ran a 50K last year um, called Iron Masters. And this, there was a makeshift uh, aid station set up at mile 29 and it was all beer and I was suffering like, yeah, this race, I think I, it's not, it's not in comparison to a lot of like, you know, out West races, but you, we covered o- over 7,000 feet of elevation, you know, by, by mile 25. And I remember just hurting so bad. And I was like, uh, I, I know it's only mile 29. I know it's mile 29, but I still had another probably like eight, 900 feet of elevation to get up on this. And <laughs> I needed to try it as much as I wanted it. I have had it in races before. Um, I, uh, I started out in obstacle course racing and ran the uh, Spartan Race Ultra Beast in Vermont. So we covered 29,000 okay. feet of elevation inside 33 miles. Oh, wow. And at the 18-mile mark, we were drinking beer, my one buddy and I. And all these people were kind of like, are you drinking beer? We're like, yeah. Like, are you insane? We're like, well, because when you think about what, what beer breaks down to, it's actually the, the fuel we need. So, had it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I like to try and keep most of my complex stuff towards the end. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's good times. I, I don't yeah, think I, you'll find me drinking beer anytime soon. Uh, mostly just because... <laughs> I think, I think I'd lose it uh, more from the smell yeah. than, than anything. I'm not, I'm not a true ultra marathoner. I, um, <laughs> it's it, it it upsets my stomach almost all the time. <laughs> so I, I almost never drink it. Yeah, I have like the, the only time I literally drink probably alcohol is as my finisher, my finisher beer, or like you know like uh, mm-hmm. Iron Masters gives you hard cider at the end, so I'll have like a drink of that. But yeah, okay. I'm the same way. Um, there was a race put on put on in my area. Um, they don't do it anymore. It was called Mount Cuckoo, and it was a it was a hybrid mix of road and trail, 18 miles. And at the uh, at the furthest point, I was an out and back. Well, it was actually kind of like an out and back, but at the furthest point, there was a 
a competition between road runners and trail runners and who could drink the most cups of beer out of all the road runners and trail runners on the course. And obviously the trail runners won, but, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. So some, some, some interesting stuff that goes on in the trail running community, honestly, but (laughs) people are probably like, how do trail runners drink beer? Well, if you guys look at the, the, the body makeup and the body mass of a trail runner, as opposed to a road runner, you'll notice a sizable difference. (laughs) Trail runners can definitely hold, hold their beer and hold their food and, you know, all those things. Not to say that road runners aren't equally as strong. It's just, you can, you notice a sizable difference. And, you know, like you said, we're not always the fastest people, but we're efficient. So I guess that means you can, you can play on other stuff and, you know, take in, take in odd things in a race. So, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not like an alcoholic or anything like that, but same way. So, yeah. So, if you guys check out First Endurance, you'll also see uh, a list of Jacob's uh, accomplishments. And my goodness, Jake, you have, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, I'm seeing now, some of them say course record, and other of them say CR. You have a multitude of course records in 50Ks and marathons and half marathons and my goodness. I mean, Tri-Cities Marathon, you ran an hour 14 half marathon? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, um, it's it's a pretty small event. Um, and uh, so I just went to kind of, I used to live in that area. So I tried to um, support the local events. I I ran my own kind of event series there, um, as a fundraiser for the cross country team that I, that I was coaching. But, um, so we, we kind of collaborated with the local, um, the other race directors, you know, we'd, we'd help each other out. If, if I was putting on an event, I'd, I'd comp the entries to the other race directors and they'd, they'd return the favor. So yeah, I went and did the half marathon there. Hour 14. I mean, Jake says it's a small event. It's still 13.1 miles folks. Hour 14, 13.1. <laughs> yeah. That's actually what I'm, well, I'm running right around that time on the treadmill, so I couldn't imagine hammering that on the, on the road. Jeez. Um, I mean, there's, there's, impressive, there's some impressive, uh, impressive course, course records you have. The North Rim Marathon at two hours, 59. Um, yeah, I mean, jeez, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I know, I, I know we don't want to, you know, talk about placing stuff, but whew. This, this guy's fast, guys. Uh, like like you said, he, he talks about Rob Farr and those guys being fast. But if I remind you the story, the story with with running with Rob Crar and everything, and Rob, like like Jake said, being a, a phenomenal ultra runner and one of the best in the world, is that Jake and his brother were running with Rob Crar, with not trying to catch up, not finding. They were swapping places back and forth. So yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's you, you know that's that's where I'm at, man. So, course records are <laughs> extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. Mount Hood. I, I see the Mount Hood course record. Well, how did that how did that happen? Oh yeah, six hours nine minutes. Mount Hood fifty mile. That's jeez, six hour fifty mile. Man. Sorry, I don't mean to geek out, but <laughs> my goodness. Well, that, I'm gonna that's, be mad. That's honestly. If anyone gets a chance to run that race, uh, there's now a 50k there. But um, that's the that's the community that kind of made me want to be a trail runner. I I I actually ran a it was a Hag Lake 50k a couple years before running uh, Mount Hood, and I I did it as a training run for build up for a marathon, and 
um, just loved it. And, um, and kind of, I, I finished that marathon cycle and then I never really looked back. I just, I just went back to the trails. Um, and, and those are the people that, that kind of made me fall in love with, with trail running because it wasn't just the running. It was, it was the community and, and the camaraderie. And, and so if, if anyone gets a chance to run the, the Mount Hood 50 or the Mount Hood 50K, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's a it's a beautiful setting and um, beautiful course and just incredible people. So. I'm going to throw out a shameless plug to my shoe sponsor, Everett Carson. Um, you are near Mount Hood. If you'd like to fly <laughs> the Hound out and run the Mount Hood 50, I would appreciate it. Uh, wink, wink. He can't see me winking, so I'm saying <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my shoe sponsor's out 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 there. Uh, Carson Footwear. He's a U.S. based. He he designs shoes after reading uh, Born to Run. So love them. Oh wow. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Um. Yeah. I, I that definitely sounds like something. If you guys are in the area or or someone someone wants to do one, then you know if this is what's inspiring inspiring people to go out and run. And I'm sure the scenery is amazing. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I run in Pennsylvania. I you can imagine what I look at. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much the whole the whole race is on the Pacific Crest Trail, and so uh, especially after uh, Cheryl Strayed's book Wild came out, um, there are a lot of people hiking it during that time of year. But um, it's it's spectacular, and it's it's really cool because you know the start and finish are right near a camp area, and it's it's far enough away from Bend and from Portland that it makes more sense to just camp the night before and then roll out a your truck or your, your tent and uh, your camper and, and then go run. And then you'd come back through the, the start finish area a couple times. And so it's, it's fun. And, and it, like I said, it's a double out and back. And so you, you actually get to see everyone that's running the race as well. Okay. Um, and some people don't like that, but I, I like it. I, I like getting to, you know, give people high fives and say good job as you're going by and yeah. check on other runners and stuff. Yep. So. I think I think the out and back is depressing for most people because you know what's coming. <laughs> if you just hit a bad pass where you're like, oh, this hill sucks, and then you're like, oh man, yeah. I got to turn around and run again. Like, oh really? I was supposed to run a 40 miler uh, on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, one of my friends passed. That, I, that I, a coworker and friend passed away, so oh. I went to the funeral. This 40 miler is the same thing. It's it, it's like 42 miles, so it's uh when you run your first 22, it's a loop. So you have to literally run back to the to the starting line and then run out another 22 miles. And it's one of my home trails. And yeah, it's it's demoralizing when you know, oh man, I got to go out for another 22. Like I want to go out for another 22 mile loop, but then again, I know there's a ski slope and some heavy climbs that are gonna that are gonna come up again. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I like the fact that you can go by and say, hey, good work, you know, nice job. I uh. I saw a lady running the 20 mile last year when I was running the 42 miles and she was wearing all swift wick from head to toe. And oh, wow. she looked like she was yeah, struggling a bit. And I, I slowed up a bit and ran with her and uh, just try to gain my, gain my uh, breath. And we talked about swift wick for a while and uh, yeah, she finished and did a good job. So it was, it was pretty neat to see some of that on the course. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's demoralizing than, than actually, uh, you know, like people are like, ah, I don't like it. It's, you know what's coming. I'm a fan of, of the unknown really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's, I don't know. I, I don't really, I grew up in, in rural Oregon and rural New Mexico. And so I didn't really grow up with much um, in terms of scenery uh, where I lived in Oregon wasn't Mount Hood. 
<laughs> it was mostly sagebrush and uh, farm roads and things. And so um, I didn't, I, I guess I just didn't even learn to associate stimulation with, um, with at least, you know, visual stimulation. I, so, so when I run, um, I, like I said, I, I really get motivated by, by seeing other people. And so running into aid stations is always fun for me. And um, if they're, you know, if it's a road race and there are kids out there on the course, I, I love giving them high fives and stuff like that. Cause they're, they're out there cheering and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's a little bit different for me, but, but that's why like the treadmill doesn't usually bore me either. Like I, I have the ability to watch, you know, where I'm running um, on my treadmill um, if I want to, but sometimes I just like when I, when I did the record, I just put it on track mode and just, ran you know and counted the laps <laughs> and, um so I, I for me that actually like helps me kind of get into a zone and just like not not even focusing on um anything other than just the basic m- motions of, of running and then you know having a, a distraction from another person or yeah, yeah if, if, if there is something that i'm not expecting that like you said that that's fun but uh <laughs> I'm a pretty simple guy, so it doesn't take much to to keep me engaged. So. Yeah, my mind wanders a lot, so I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I like everybody asks, well, why do you sign up for a 30 mile race and you just go out and run 30 miles? Well, you know, same thing. It's the excitement of the race, not not necessarily the the, the running of the 30 miles. Like we know, yeah, I can run I can run 30 miles. You can run 30 miles. You can run 50 miles, 100 miles, whatever. It's like you said, it's that excitement and the stimulation of seeing the people and people cheering for you. And there's no greater feeling when you're struggling than someone cheering for you, you know, and it just kind of picks you up and, and you forget about your, your struggles for a while. You know, I, I'm with you. I, I, that's why I like racing. It's, it's more for the, the, the excitement of it than, than the competition. For sure. So, um, we're, we're pretty much near the end of the show. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on and sorry about that glitch there. I don't know why, why my show rudely hung up on me. Um, <laughs> but if you want to give a shout out to, um, any sponsors or. You want to... Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm just really fortunate to, to be able to do what I'm able to do. And, um, so I, I do have a, a big support network of, of family and friends and, um, and actually a lot of the people that I work with as a coach motivate me and, and it's always been that way. Um, it's part of why I, I'm still coaching, um, just getting to kind of feed off the, the positive energy that, that other people have, um, that they bring to me inspires me. And so that's always a really good thing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to have a shoe sponsor in ultra and, mm-hmm. um, Epic Bar provides um, some some protein for me, and First Endurance also provides you know um, the pre and and during race and post race um, nutrients for me. And um, and if anything, I I really appreciate the the multivitamins that I take from them. I I think they're the best. The just the multi V or multi V pros that First Endurance makes. That's that's one of my one of the things that I d- depend on daily um, just to make sure that I'm getting everything I need. Um, I'm trying to go alphabetically. So I, so I don't forget. You know, and, um, 
yeah, Nathan has, has been a big support um, since day one. Um, I basically ever since I started running races long enough that required that you carry fuel with you. Nathan, I've, I've had and used Nathan water bottles and belts and packs and um, Swiftwick. The, I I started wearing Swiftwick socks uh, for my first ultra and didn't uh, get any blisters and um, yeah, have been wearing them ever since. Um, trail butter is also um, a fuel that I've been using. Met the founder, Jeff Boggs, at, um, at one of my first ultras, and, and he was there letting people taste trail butter at the finish, and um, he was just, just getting started, and, and I've been with them ever since. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'm missing someone or something, and so I hate to do that, but um, more than anything, I'm, I'm really grateful for my for my wife and um, she's really supportive and she's quite an accomplished runner herself. And so sometimes it is challenging to, to align our, our daily schedules and our racing schedules so that we can support one another. And, and she's, she's always flexible and, and supportive and, uh, and also keeps me grounded. She, she reminds me, <laughs> I think one of her favorite um, phrases is, this, you know, if you want to be a dirtbag trail runner, you can, but you know, we have a family and we have to, we have to feed our kids and uh we, we actually have you know have to have some stability and so um she reminds me that uh there is more to life than you know bagging peaks and sleeping out of your truck and and things and and so um it's i i feel like we're a good balance she she's very responsible and uh <laughs> and it's inspiring that you know she's able to to put family first all the time and to put, um, put that above running and, and put it above work and put it above everything. And so, uh, she helps, she helps me find that balance. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid of hard work. I, I love to work, but, um, she's, she's kind of helped teach me how to put it in the right time frames and then also be available when my family needs me and stuff. So, so it's good. I don't feel like we make yeah. a good team. So that's awesome to have have definite support from your family and and to have a wife who's equally great as running, so she understands you know your mindset. That's that's phenomenal. All right, Jacob. Like I like I said, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I'll definitely be in touch here after the show, and you know I hope you have a great day. And thank you so much for for sharing uh, your story and everything with us. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay. Likewise. All right, guys. Uh, take care, Jake. And that was Jacob uh, Fuzzi talking about uh, ultra running and family and what it's like to run 50 miles on a treadmill. Um, you know, and just the the positive aspect of the whole running community itself. Um, you notice we didn't we didn't focus on you know like the winning aspect and things like that. And 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 rightfully that that is things that happen when you run very fast like Jake does. And uh, you know. Go out and try an ultra marathon. If, if that's something that's on your bucket list, run it. I said you're you're going to be impressed at the amount of support you get from the other runners. Um, you know, 5Ks, it's it's three miles, and you know it's it's a good distance, and a lot of people work up to it. But you don't, I don't think you feel the support as much on a 5K as you do on an ultra marathon. I mean, everybody's out there with the same goal of finishing the race, but 
you know, a lot of people are focused on, you know, the speed and, and, and the big aspect of, you know, shorter road races. But if, if an ultra marathon is where you want to be, then go out and run one. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be blistering pace because I'm going to tell you right now that ultra marathons aren't, aren't about speed. They're about efficiency. And like I said, you're going to get tremendous support. Um, I love the community when I go out there. I always have a conversation with somebody at least uh, every race that I run. So go out, try it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. You'll be uh, welled with pride when you, when you step across the finish line. Or as Dean, Car- Dean Carnassus always said, run, crawl, roll, do whatever you need to do to keep moving forward. So, you know, go out there, try it, and you, you'll, be, you'll be surprised at the community. And you're going to want to run more than one. All right, guys, so this has been another episode of Beyond Ultra with me, David the Hound Liggett, uh, special guest Jacob uh, Putzi, and again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, today is Thursday, March 9, 2017. It is now 2.34 p.m., and sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. I don't know what happened. I've never been kicked off the, the show before, um, so Jake was on there. Hopefully, hopefully Jake entertained us there for a minute or two while I was reconnecting. Um, I'm sure he did. So check it out, uh, jacobputzy.com. Uh, That's J-A-C-O-B-P-U-Z-E-Y.com uh, if you're interested in uh, seeing what he's all about. And there's links in there to his online coaching if you are interested in you know, just getting some advice from an amazing ultra runner and some coaching tips and becoming faster and stronger and healthier. All right, guys, take care, and I will see you on the next one.